Hello and welcome to the Fizzle Show! What is up, my friends? How are you doing? How's your business? How's your journal <laughs> about your business? How's your customer support going? How's your sales for your latest product? How's your strategy for the product you're going to release next? Building a business is not an easy task, but it's not so impossible that you can't do it. As I heard on... On what was it? Alice in Wonderland. I've been watching classic, classic movies with my kids. And Alice in Wonderland, let me just say, you guys, is a trip. <laughs> that now that I've tasted a little of psychedelics, I can say, oh yeah, no, I know exactly what this guy's talking about. <laughs> but there's a door that's talking, and he says, it's in, it's impassable. It's impassable. And and Alice says, what do you mean, impossible? And he says, no, impassable. Nothing's impossible. The truth is, opening the door to getting a successful business working in your life feels like it's impossible sometimes but really it's just impassable and as alice found out there's a key in the room you've got to find and you know with business i don't know i could keep going this metaphor maybe the key's in you corbett i don't know you guys have you hold the key the The key was in your hand the whole time (laughs) it was in your hand the whole time but uh you know you're not guaranteed anything when you start your own business and any of us out here listening to this show who have started their own business they know what that feels like they know what it's like to kind of, to 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 live in that invigorating space between uh, between impossibility and certainty, right? For a long time before you start your business, it's impossible. I'll never do that. Oh, I'll never. No, nobody. Will, oh, it won't work. Won't, oh, it's impossible. And eventually, you get the message: Hey, it's not impossible. It's impassable. You just need to find the key. Well, there's a lot of different keys. You can find them all <laughs> in the Fizzle Roadmap, as far as I'm concerned, right? Because you've got to learn how to, for example, stay motivated. You've got to learn what is a smart strategy and what is a dumb strategy. You've got to learn the difference between what you can control and what you cannot control, and all while you've got to learn sort of who you are and how you're going to bring your special flair to this. Some businesses that matters a lot to other businesses. Uh, <laughs> it doesn't matter at all. Right. And your business, who knows where that is? The whole thing about business is you're going to walk through it step by step, day by day. And it's yours. That's one of the things I find myself loving more and more about running my own businesses is the independence, the freedom. We always tout the freedom of it. But the fact that like you can do what you want and if you're good, it works. (laughs) I almost don't want to say that. Do you know what I mean, Corbett? Like I almost don't want to say that because so many people out there, they're like, well, I want to do this. And then you expect it to work. And no, I'm sorry. There's something we're we're missing in there. And one of the places you're going to find the rubber hits the road, so to speak, or the boot hits your booty, is when you finally launch something to sell. This is, as we spoke about with Ramit Sethi in the previous episode, when someone pulls out their credit card and you're not even there, they're just on your website, they're all alone. Maybe they're in their underpants, it's late at night, they should have been in bed a long time ago, but they kept looking at the screen and now they're not very tired and so it's like, well, I'll do this and then we'll watch something on Netflix. Can you, in that moment, they come across your website, get them to go, oh, dude, this is what I've been waiting for. This is going to solve my problem. Such that they actually pull out a credit card and purchase your thing, whatever it is. ShamWow. Your ShamWow, right? (laughs) This is where the rubber meets the road and where the boot hits the booty. Because a lot of us have experienced 
the launch of a product or uh, the, the, even the pre-sale of a product that uh, did not go the way we anticipated it would, right? And there's a little bit of a school of hard knocks moment that can happen there. So what we're going to do today on this show is help prepare you for that moment. <laughs> like, so you don't have to be super surprised. And we can learn how to go from crickets to customers. Everybody say hello to Steph Crowder. Steph's on the phone. What's up, Steph? You guys, I love you. I miss you. And I have missed that adrenaline rush of not knowing where Chase is going to be taking us. And I'm just sitting here like, all right, I'm on my toes. I'm ready. I think this is like my spiritual gift. (laughs) Like, I don't know if you know, Steph, but there's a new phrase that we've come up with recently that Aiden's been been saying a lot. Uh, He calls it landing the train. Right. (laughs) Yes. Which I think is hilarious. Landing the train is when, you know, one one of us, let's just, let's just pretend for a second. I'm not the only one. (laughs) Any one of us. (laughs) Any one of us, you know, is in the middle of some who knows what, and we don't know how to apply it to what we were just talking about or where we're going next. But I have been loving these intros for so long. I find that it's exhilarating to just jump off. from wherever I am. Like, I'm just bringing what I have right now. And then I'm kind of in my head going like, now what were we talking about today? (laughs) (laughs) I feel like you do a great job of trusting that you will find your way full circle That is improv, yes and. Improv. Yes Yes. and. So, uh, Steph's on the show, and Corbett and Chase, we are like, it's like classic, it's like old school, but Steph, tell us Tell us about like like what what is someone who listens to this show? What's your hope uh, about what they will know after listening to the show that they didn't Mm. know before listening to the show? Yes, and I'm so excited. Thank you guys for having me. So this will be, I think, a great episode for people out there who know they can help people. Like they they know that there's people out there that they can help. They know they have something to say, but it just really feels like they're not talking to anybody, right? Like they f- post on social media, write blog posts, they follow all of the you know checklists that are out there in terms of like, hey, start a content-based business and you'll find people and live happily ever after. But they're at that point where it just feels like they're shouting into the empty void. And I know we've all been there. I'm probably the one of the three of us who's been there the most recently. And so this, I'm hoping, will be a crash course to go from zero or very small audience to my favorite way to really get started, which is a a small group program, which we've talked about a little bit before, I think maybe in the past when I've launched my course crickets to customers before. Um, But we're really going to get into six steps to figure out how to speak your ideal customer's language, build a really tight knit community online and ultimately serve those people. And so my favorite way to start doing that is through group programs, which I'll talk a little bit about and remind everybody why I'm so obsessed with group programs in Mm. case I've let you forget. Um, And then we'll, we'll talk about these like six really actionable, steps so you can feel like you have some things to go and do to start working with people. And my favorite thing of all about this whole conversation is I think what this does best is it helps people get started with really small numbers. Like you don't have to have a huge audience. You don't have to wait until you have thousands of followers. You can do this with 40 people in a Facebook Mm. group. And I've helped many students do that before. So that is what I'm hoping. So I'm hoping people will walk away with some tactical stuff they can do. And maybe even more importantly, just like the belief and hype that you really can go and do this. Because I think that's every bit as important. 
Love it. Okay, so I just found our uh, the, the previous conversation that we had, how a group program might be the right next step for your business and how to do one. We'll put a link to that in the show notes for this episode, which will be at fizzleshow.co slash 315. Corbett, can we, let's do the sponsors right now so we can just jump right into it. Who's bringing the people the, sh- the show today? Because like this the- whole idea of like, hold on, just this like, all you need is 40 people in a Facebook group. Like I just want to dive into that. That's such a fascinating idea compared to like broadcasting out to like everyone everywhere and never feeling like you're doing quite enough. So let's get into the sponsor. Then let's get into the show. Yeah, we appreciate Gusto for sponsoring the Fizzle Show, as all of you should, because they help us keep the lights on, which is amazing. And at Gusto, everybody loves payday. But loving a payroll provider, that's probably a little weird. Still, small businesses across the country love running payroll with Gusto. Because Gusto automatically files and pays your taxes, it's super easy to use, and you can add benefits and HR support to help take care of your team and keep your business safe. It's loyal, it's modern, and you might just fall in love yourself. Listeners get three months free of Gusto when they run their first payroll. So you can try a demo, test it out yourself over at gusto.com slash fizzle. That's gusto.com slash fizzle. Booyah. Booyah. Love it. Okay, so Steph, we loosely have this thing tentatively titled uh, Six Steps to Go from Crickets to Customers. It sounds like you have six steps to like actually like go from I'm screaming into the void and nothing's really happening, which I just, mm-hmm. I, part of me could just camp out there for a while. Like I just, this is my problem as, as that, that, moment that uh, the the emotional reality of that experience is real (laughs) Mm -hmm. it is it's a real feeling that a lot of people out there are feeling like like it takes a lot of work to to put yourself to just think you could try to do something Right. Yeah. Well, and also the thing that I hate the most about that is it'll drain you of the belief that you can do this. That's the part that makes me the most sad. Right. It's like people are showing up, they're trying. And then when you're just you keep showing up and and you keep getting zero traction. I've seen plenty of people and I think it's a totally normal reaction that most of us would have where you look at this and say, oh my goodness, this is not as easy as people make it sound on podcast success stories. Yeah, and yeah. I, I'm i afraid I won't be able to do this. And so I think people who are in that position are more likely to, to consider giving up because they're not getting any feedback from people. Yeah, no, it's such a big deal. I mean, so think about that listener. Like this experience can be so draining that you lose your will to go on with, the, with not just this business idea, but potentially all of your, like you as entrepreneur in general, you as side hustler at all it's a very it's a very uh real thing for for some people out there now frankly some of us need to be dragged over those coals to realize the fact that we're being we're being weak <laughs> sorry what, what is like, like i couldn't figure out what what other word to use because sometimes we need to encounter our own weakness and push through it to realize we were never weak in the first place so mm-hmm. much of entrepreneurial success stuff that's out there right now is actually motivation. I mean, it's, I, I'm kind of guilty of this as well. Cause so much of entrepreneurship success comes from just having enough energy to try something, you know? Mm-hmm. So like being an expert in motivation and in your own motivation is such an asset for us when we're, when we're like doing our business. But as much as I want to 
fly that train up and talk about motivation and all that stuff and hear your guys' how do you like I want to I'm so curious to hear stuff how your morning morning routine may have changed or like how you're keeping things like sort of how you're keeping things flowing but I think this content uh this idea of like of how do we go from crickets which is by the way that the idea of crickets is you launch your thing and then it's like you know that scene in the movie when when like a character like says something like and that's why today I'll be offering you all of this for the one low price of 29.99 and then the mm-hmm. camera like scans the crowd and it's just like all you hear is crickets in the background like nobody's interested yep. nobody wants it nobody's curious nobody which is which is the worst yeah. feeling right yeah yep. and <laughs> and and super common we just we just ran a just ship it challenge for folks. And, um, you know, some people decide to launch a, a product for sale. Others decide to launch like a, a free offering or something, but it's so rough when somebody goes through all that work and then literally makes zero sales. Yeah. Yep. I mean, there's something to learn from it for sure, but wouldn't it be better if you at least made a couple of sales, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, totally. So I want to, I want you to like guide us through it, Steph. Like I, I want you to take us from, crickets to customers you know and, and i love and and teach us everything you need to along the way about this this idea which i really want the listener to understand like there's something to this idea of a small group program that is mm-hmm. just really really different than creating a uh an ebook or a course or even a podcast or anything like that it it's yep. something that is remarkably doable <laughs> now in a weird in a very in a very strange way it's like if you have expertise in something you can have conversations with people who are struggling right now with that very thing and potentially like add something to their life that they feel grateful for more than more than grateful for they're like that is the best $240 i ever spent or $40 mm-hmm. or whatever you end up charging so take us on a wild ride steph yeah let's do it so yes on the topic of group programs i really feel that group programs are very underrated online as a a business model i feel like one-on-one services and courses. So like video-based kind of like DIY, walk yourself through these videos. They get a lot of airtime. And for whatever reason, group programs are like a little bit forgotten. I actually, sidebar, I actually, this is like, my prediction for the online world. I have this belief that we're going to be seeing more and more group programs. I feel like we're already seeing this, especially from some like really prominent online personalities. People are starting to offer like high priced accelerator programs where, you know, video based stuff is still really important. But in general, I really believe that people are kind of craving the connection that you get from you know, following a leader that you actually get some access to, certainly not as much as you would if you were paying for someone's time one-on-one, but like there's some connection with the leader versus like all the way hands-off coursework. And then also the ability to connect with your peers. I think, you know, especially for those of us who are trying to build something online remotely from like the corner in your bedroom, having the opportunity to get to network with people. It's exactly why people love Fizzle so much is because the community aspect is so huge. So I think group programs are underutilized. I think they're going to be the next wave. I'm calling it now. We'll see if it's true. But that's that's really what I think. And so I personally think now is a great time to figure out how to do this in your own business, even if you're just getting started. Mm. Um, So I'll talk real quick about why why I am so hot on group programs. But first, let me just say that if you listen to this episode and you're like, wow, I want more of that. I do want to mention that if you're listening to this, like at the time 
time of this episode being published. I have the doors open to Crickets to Customers right now. If you go to cricketstocustomers.com and it's probably the last time, you never know with me because I kind of tend to just do things by the seat of my pants sometimes, but <laughs> um, it's probably the last time I'm going to offer like this live round that I normally do where I walk people through the content for eight weeks and we do office hours and uh, it's a really good time. Probably the last time I'm going to do it this way this year because if you don't follow me on social media, I am pregnant. I'm expecting my second child. Woo! So <laughs> so I'm going to go dark towards the end of this year. So if you, you know, it's fully my intent, my intention that you walk away from this episode with six really like tangible things that you can go and do to literally start to build your small group program. But if you like what you're hearing, you're like, I really want the support and I want to go deeper, get over to crickets, to crickets to customers.com because the doors will be open for just a few more days. If you're listening to this mm. in real time. Love it. Um, so why group programs real quick. So just a couple quick things about this. I have seen it over and over again that people learn better together. So that's one piece where if you are offering one-on-one -on -one services, which I just a quick side note, I've had plenty of students go through this program with no intention of eliminating their one-on-one -on -one services. Like there are plenty of people who love serving one-on-one -on -one and they just want to be able to expand and help more people. So it's mm. not necessarily that you're going to replace that. This is just another thing that you can do. But I have experienced, at least in my own business and what I do, my students who are in my group programs tend to get more results than people who are working with me one-on-one. -on -one. Mm. And I think that's because I'm just one person, right? Like I can do the best I can to guide you, but I can't be there every second of every day. And I've had students who've connected in my small group programs go on to be like business besties and accountability buddies and just have really rich relationships because they were part of each other's origin stories and they taught each other, which mm. is really cool. Yeah. Um, with group programs, you can help more people because you can lower the price point a little bit, right? Like if you're working with somebody one-on-one, -on -one, it's probably going to cost maybe four, four figures or more. Whereas if you're able to um, work with a smaller group, you can bring the price down a little bit and not take the hit on you because you can charge less per head and make up for it with the number of people. So if mm. you've been running into price as an issue for customers, group programs can work really well for that. If you're worried about there being a willingness to pay and, and yet having it be profitable for you, working with eight people instead of just one person um, can kind of help mitigate that, that objection that you might be getting. And then we already got like sort of hit on this one a little bit in the intro, but this is my favorite part about group programs is you don't need a ton of people to do this and do it well. So like I said, I've had students with 40 people in a, in a Facebook group who have filled up a small group program with, and by the way, what I mean when I say small group program is like four to eight people. It's kind of the sweet spot. It's finding, you just have to find four to eight people that you can bring into a group and, and guide them through a process together. Mm. So just a quick, that's like my quick little intro in terms of why I, why I love group programs so much. Mm, I love that. That's so killer. Okay. So I want to go from crickets to customers. Are these steps that we're going to learn about Steph? Are they specific to group programs or did they apply to uh, like, like a video course, uh, coaching one-on-one, mm. -on -one, uh, eBooks and things like that? Yes, they definitely will apply to okay. people. Like basically, if you feel like you're talking to no one right now and you don't want to feel like that anymore, you want to feel like you're getting traction, I would say the number one, this is probably going to resonate with people most who see themselves having a community. Like if you really kind of crave feeling like you've got your people, like doesn't matter if there's thousands of them, even if you just imagine like having a few hundred people who just like 
freaking love everything that you put out there and you get to have like really rich and meaningful conversation with them and they're taking in your content and they're actually answering your posts that you put on Facebook instead of getting zero comments. Like if you're trying to build a connection based community driven business of any kind, most if not all of these steps are going to be really helpful, I think. Mm. Okay, one one quick thing before we keep going. You said um, this is for people who feel like they're talking to no one. Mm-hmm. Um, what if you feel like you're talking to people, but then other people can't see those people? Like, you, keep going. Like in real space, like in physical space. Like, I swear there's somebody here, I'm talking to this person, and then other people just can't see them. Like they're imaginary. Is that I should probably just talk to a doctor. <laughs> Corvette, that's like my yeah. life all the time, man. <laughs> that's like, wait, I just are you I real? Just wanted to, <laughs> all right, Steph, I just wanted to get that out before we dive in. Were you just going in like the invisible friend direction? Is that yeah. what just happened? Yeah. Okay, I just want to make sure that I got the joke. <laughs> oh, that's terrific. Oh, that's terrific. Gosh, I, I love it. it. I love it. Okay, so so, so we got six steps. Let's we got go six in. Steps. Okay, let's do it. All right. So step one, I'm going to call your roadmap to raving fans. Okay. Mm. Because when you're first getting started, I think the number one thing that all of us probably dream about and don't have are raving fans or fans at all, let alone raving fans, right? So a community of people who like can't wait to to get into what you're putting out there is what we're after here, right? No matter what your product is going to be, that's what we have to figure out first. And let me just say that I see this like critical error that a lot of people make. So these first two steps are going to tackle the who, right? So like, who do you want to be serving? I think inside of Fizzle, we do a really great job of this too. It's like the first, one of the first things that you're going to dig into is who the heck you want to be working with and really understanding them. Mm. I think it's very common for most people to jump all the way to the how, which is like, what are my services going to be? What are my packages going to be priced at, et cetera, et cetera. When in reality, as we go through these six steps, you guys are going to see the how is last. Like we're not going to get to the how until steps five and six. Mm. And so before we can ever craft like especially if you're just getting started, before we can ever craft what you're going to be offering, we really have to understand who these people are and what they're after in the first place. Mm. So with your roadmap to raving fans, the first thing to focus on is this idea of a before and after transformation. So this is very similar to, I think it's inside the Startup Blog That Matters course, right? Where we talk about point A to point B in that Mm. customer journey. I talk about it as like a before and after transformation because I always think about like those cheesy weight loss commercials, right? Where you've got like the before picture and then somebody loses like 200 pounds, like those pictures are always part of the advertisement. Why? Mm -hmm. Because there's just nothing more compelling than seeing the evidence of what's possible. So the first thing that we have to do is figure out how to take people on a story that they see themselves in. Even if you don't believe that a vibrating ab belt could like give you a chiseled midsection, like that's the product that's being advertised. When you see those pictures, you have to admit to yourself that you're like, that's like, could that really happen? <laughs> like it's always it still stokes your curiosity, right? Yeah. So you have to be able to first create a story that that gets people excited about possibility. Mm. And so 
in addition to this idea of before and after transformation, this is where I want to introduce a concept that I think has has helped a lot of people start to really think about elevating their content, which is what I call a community anchor. So this is similar to like a lead magnet or a freebie, but I call it community anchor because beyond just being like a helpful free checklist or something, we really want to start to strive for a piece of content that everyone in your community rallies around and it actually creates a common language for people. So in the example, I know we've talked about it many times here on the podcast about my 15 minute planner method. There is language inside that community anchor that if you go into my Facebook community, people are talking about rocks, pebbles and sand, right? Like people are talking about these like weird phrases that you wouldn't really get unless you had taken in this piece of content. So as you really start to figure figure out like, okay, how am I going to cultivate not just fans, but raving fans, this idea of having a community anchor that people can really like feel like they're part of a club almost is one of the very first things to start thinking about. Okay. So hold on. This is fascinating. Okay. Here's what I've heard you say. The first step is we want to kind of like get ourselves on the roadmap to raving fans. Mm -hmm. Right. So we want to have these fans that aren't just like, you know, loosely paying attention to us, but but people who are engaged, which means you might have 100 people who are, you know, following you and, you know, five or eight who are really like paying attention and kind of engaging with with, like you said, Steph, they're answering the questions that you're asking on your Facebook posts. Right. They're actually getting engaged. And you said two specific things. About that. Well, three actually. So getting on the roadmap to raving fans. Tell me if I'm hearing this right. First of all, we have to get clear on who we want to be serving, right? Second mm-hmm. of all, we have to get clear on what is the transformation we want them to, to go through. This is the before and after kind of thing. And this is, this is like, this is the meat and potatoes in some ways. And then there's a community anchor. And this is, it, it sounds like, is the community anchor always a piece of content, Steph? Yeah, I would say so. And and by the way, this is like community anchor is going to make another appearance in step three. So we're going to go deeper okay. into that. But this is where to just start thinking about what the content might be. So not actually yeah. building the thing, but starting to think about the topic. Okay. So th- there's like four things, to, quick things to consider as you start to think like, huh, what could my community anchor be? So this is a mix of the people that you've identified, their needs, like what is it that they need, your skills, your passion, which is different than your skills, right? Like you may know a lot about like IT infrastructure and not be passionate about it. So making sure that you've got your skills and your passion accounted for. And then most importantly is the fourth one, which is action. Mm -hmm. So really thinking through this like intersection, I imagine like kind of hard on a podcast, right? But I imagine like four circles kind of intersecting in this middle point where all of these things come together. It's mm. the needs of the people you're talking to, your skills, so like your zone of genius, what comes really naturally to you, what fires you up, your passion, what you actually enjoy talking about, and most importantly, action. And I think this is where a lot of content really misses the mark because the number one way to get raving fans, I think, is by helping your people get a quick win. Mm. We're going to talk more about that when we get to to step three, but I want to plant that seed now because that's the difference between like a lukewarm, like at Fizzle, we've seen guys, how many thousands of lead magnets and freebies and pieces of content. Mm. And what I've noticed over and over again is the ones that like really nail it they help people take a specific action. Yeah. And that's where that trust comes into play when you're developing relationships with people. Do you have an example of action? Because I understand like we're looking at their needs 
I'm I'm take, I'm looking at my skills. I like how you said my zone of genius. Then yep. my passion, uh, things that I'm actually excited and, and and intrigued by. My curiosities like guided me into that, or 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 I've I've learned that like I just have a wellspring of energy for this particular topic or something. And then there's this last bit, action. Now I'm trying to get them to take an action. Is that what action means? Yeah, like you're trying to get them to just take one action, just one, that first step. Because when you, the people who come to you, like they have a belief that a different outcome is possible for them, right? Like they're looking for something, they're trying to solve a problem or they have a need or, or desire. And so the first step towards them believing even more that that things can be different for them is to take an action that takes them in that direction. So yeah. for example, let's talk about the 15-minute planner method. That helps you plan one week in 15 minutes and actually get more stuff done. So when you actually plan that week and then, wow, do stuff, which as an entrepreneur can feel like a novel concept because you're so busy, time gets away from you. You're like, oh my God, here I am with this to-do list and nothing's gotten done. That one action that I've helped people take of actually getting through a week and feeling like they like found like almost feels as though you've generated time because you've gotten more stuff done. That one action takes people more in the direction of like, wow, I got stuff done this week. Like maybe this is actually possible for me. I'm going to pay attention a little bit more. I'm going to keep taking that next step because I have that belief that like, I just did the one thing. What could be next for me? Mm-hmm. Does that make sense? Yeah. And also you, you get to trust the, the person that's giving you that advice because it worked. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. All right. That's awesome. Okay. So this is all in number one, your roadmap to raving fans. Ready to yes. move on to number two? Let's move on to number two. Okay. So number two is what people really want. So longtime fizzlers and listeners of the podcast are not going to be surprised that this is making an appearance in my course because this is kind of like customer conversations, right? Like really having a solid understanding of what people actually want. And the number one thing I want to instill in this one is understanding what we call the expert's dilemma. Okay. So you, then this is, this is the type of thing that just is so sneaky. Like as an expert, you don't even know you're doing this. And I know for people listening, they may not even identify as an expert, but here's the thing. If you're even just a few steps ahead of the people you want to help, congratulations, you're an expert relative to the people who are just starting. Mm. And so the more steps you take towards you know, getting like losing weight or running your own financial planning business or learning a language or whatever, the more steps you take towards that, the wider the the gap, the wider the chasm that opens between you and true beginners. Mm-hmm. And so it's super critical to understand that there's a difference between what people think they want and what you know that they need, right? Mm-hmm. Like <laughs> this is one of those things where you may be putting what you know they need in front of them and they're kind of turning their nose up at it. So Mm. I have a favorite concept for this and all my parents out there will really appreciate this. I call this sneaking spinach into smoothies. Okay. So you guys know I have a three-year-old and Chase, I'm sure you guys do this too. Uh, My kid doesn't eat vegetables, big shocker, but she loves smoothies. Like she loves fruit, you know, peanut butter, yogurt. And so of course I want her to eat spinach. It's got great nutrients. It helps her, you know, with immune system. We all know that spinach is important, but if I were to put a plate of spinach in front of my three-year-old and say like, I really need you to eat this. Like it's so healthy for you. You don't even understand the benefits that are going to come into your life. If you eat this instead of only goldfish and string cheese, (laughs) she's not going to understand that, right? Like she just wants what she wants because that's where she's at. But if I 
figure out how to lead with the thing that she's really after, which is the food that tastes really good and put the spinach in there, then we're kind of both getting what we need from the equation, right? So she's happy. She sucks it down because it tastes good. I know that the spinach is in there and she's actually getting what she needs. So a lot of times what people end up doing, my favorite like business example of this is if you like, let's take coaches, for example. And if you've ever seen people putting like mindset type stuff on a, Mm -hmm. on a land, on a, like a sales page, right? Like if you work with me, you're going to have these mindset shifts listen, we all know mindset is like so important. It's, it's the crux of how you navigate life is having what your mindset looks like. But when somebody wants to get a result or they're not in a place where their mindset, like that's just not even on their radar. Right. So that might be the spinach where they come to a, a sales page and they say, Oh, okay. Like, sure. That I'm sure that's important, but like, I need to figure out how to build a business right now. And I need somebody to give me the checklist. (laughs) So, you know what I mean? So a lot of times when we talk about this in crickets to customers, people are like, Oh my God, I've been leading with spinach this entire time. So it's really important to check yourself right now, no matter what you're doing and ask the question, like, am I offering people what they think they want? Or am I giving them what I know they need that they don't have the awareness to understand that that's actually what they need right now? This is this is probably all over the fitness space, right? Everybody mm-hmm. wants the six-pack abs and the savvy trainers out there or the people who have studied like, you know, psychology, they know that there's a whole lot of stuff going on behind the scenes, but you yeah. don't sell people on, you need to change your relationship to food or whatever, yes. you know, you, you sell them on getting the results, looking great, being able to get a new date or, you know, feeling good in your clothes or whatever they want that end result to, mm. to be like. Chase talked about this a little bit, I think kind of a related topic in um, our course on uh, website tune-up, which was, mm. I think you framed it something like meeting your customers where they are, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, I think that this concept stuff is is uh it just seems like again, it's one of those things that that if I was a really smart business person who actually wanted to be successful instead of just have fun and somehow there's money in the bank, which is sort of my MO. Uh, <laughs> I'm trying They don't to make, have to conf- they don't have to conflict by the way. <laughs> no, they, I don't think they do. No. But uh I would I would try to do what my my friend Don has done on StoryBrand for this very issue right here. And StoryBrand itself is like is like an, a way into this very question. But if I, when I have given the few, the people, when I, you know, whatever, coach or just chat with friends on what their businesses are, some of the biggest uh, insights for my, you know, the person I'm talking to have come on this issue here. Right, Steph, like you're saying, like, oh my God, I've been leading with spinach the whole mm-hmm. time. You, uh, you don't know how self-absorbed you are. You don't know yeah. how abs- literally absorbed in your own knowledge and experience of this thing that you are. This is what Steph mentioned in the beginning, calling it the expert's dilemma, which is this book I've never read. <laughs> I also don't feel like I necessarily have to, though I have learned recently that when I actually do read the book, I learn a lot of things. <laughs> so I highly recommend people go read that book. Likely it will, it will take you into, into territory around this issue that you will learn once and you will never need to relearn again. Because mm-hmm. you realize how much time and energy you're wasting when you're, whenever you're not being conscious about leading with spinach first. 
yeah. because it's cool to, to like, there's a lot of, there is market, there's a market out there for people who are ready to buy spinach, you know, but selling to them is very different. It's a very educated consumer. It's right. not, it's not, you're not jumping into this big, this big, you know, pile of people and getting them interested in your thing, which is, you know, it's hucksterism. I mean, this whole idea, Steph, is like, is, is like, how do we, you know, a spoonful of sugar helps the medicine go down, right? It's right. like you tell your kid, I'm an, hey, you want a smoothie? And you just know that you're packing in some actual nutrition into it. And there's potentially, you know, I think Donald Trump, like, the argument could be made. That's what Donald Trump did to the nation, right? It was just like, hey, you guys want a smoothie? I'll take care of it for you, right? Okay, and, but here's, here's the difference. And go, this is, I'm go. glad you said that because I wanted to clarify something because this is really important because some people's alarm bells are probably like, integrity alarm bells might be going off right now. And I want to make sure we're clear. You're not, this is not about false promises. Okay. That's like the clear delineation, right? So in the example that Corbett gave, which is a great one, this would be the difference between some of the, like the, the weight loss pills and stuff that we all know probably doesn't work. And I am in no way advocating that you like promise some solution just to get people in the door. No, not at all. You are like the solution that they're, the thing that they want, the smoothie, you're still going to give it to them, right? Like in a lot of like, let's take personal trainers, for example, just to carry, carry Corbett's um, example. Like you're still going to see results. Like if you see a personal trainer for 10 sessions or 20 sessions, like you're going to see results. Absolutely. So that's part of it. But what the trainer knows that it, that he isn't saying is like, yeah, we're going to have to do like a whole lot of other stuff. We're going to have to log your food. We're going to have to change your relationship with food. We're going to have to talk about how you cope with emotion. And so it's not that the result that you're promising is like not going to be part of the equation. It very much is. It's just that there's a whole lot of other stuff yeah. that you're also going to take them through that when they look back in retrospect, this happens with my students all the time. They look back, they're like, oh my God, I can't believe, like, I thought it was, I thought I just needed a checklist, but it turned out like my belief in myself was like completely off. Like I didn't have the mindset that I needed, even though they now get that in retrospect, if I had led with that, there's just no chance that it would have clicked because in the beginning, you're so busy looking for the checklist. So I just want to make sure that that part's clear is that the result that you're offering is not like a false promise. It's going to happen. It's just, there's going to be a whole bunch of other stuff that is going to enter the equation as well. Yeah. And for me, as someone who's just like, I've always been practicing the art of persuasion, not successfully, (laughs) but (laughs) but like now, now you can probably make the argument I'm one of the most persuasive people on the planet for specific kinds of products, right? Like I sell, I, we sold like $2 million worth of, worth of bags in the last 14 months, right? Oh my like, God, Chase. That's <laughs> like, awesome. Like, like people pay attention to my 40 minute videos uh, because they go really in depth on just what it's going to be like when you get it. Right. Just, and and I'm not actually selling the product as much as I'm just explaining there's this. And then I know the market so well. So I can say, like, listen, here's my, here's where I'd go. Here's what I would do. But, but I'm a weirdo. Right. And I'm constantly trying to help people understand that my taste is probably different than them. But there's something essential about this, uh, this. I'm glad we're on this moment right here. So much. Of, I want to say entrepreneurship, but really it's just marketing. So much of marketing and marketing is if you try to start a business without m- understanding, uh, at least the, <clears throat> the way marketing works, you might, you don't have to do any marketing. You know, I'm putting marketing in air quotes there because when you think of marketing, you might think of, of, um, you know, underneath that umbrella, you might think of your advertising on Facebook or on Instagram. You might think of influencers, getting influencers to use your products. You might think of word of mouth 
right? You might think of all, there's all these things inside of there. Um, they don't have to be your, like an advertising budget. You don't have to have an advertising budget to be marketing. Your sales page is your marketing. It's the way you're saying, here's what this thing is. So much of entrepreneurship is how you say, here's what this thing is, right? I, I always focus on that because the truth is I've worked so freaking hard on the product. It's already good. I know that like in fizzle, I know that if I get someone to actually like, Hey, stop it, stop, watch this and take notes and do what it says. I'm very mm-hmm. confident. They'll see results. Very confident. So much so that like from the moment we first started making courses, I just, I wasn't, I, it's like, I wasn't really concerned about, the the content of the courses i already knew that like if someone actually pays attention they're going to get everything they want and more out of this thing they're going to get those results the whole challenge is getting someone to actually pay attention and that is the job of marketing right and marketing exists in the, or this this conversation we're having about is it a false premise are we are we are we sugarcoating it too much are we offering too much are we not offering enough am i leading with spinach or am i am i really like landing on the results that they want that whole question that exists in your mind baby and the results are uh, like the results come if you if you do it well <laughs> or if you luck out the results don't come if you miss it Right. If you miss that mark, if you just, it's like, Hey, no bad. Like, let's get back on the horse and and try it again because you missed them. And I don't want to say, I like that. The distinction between missing them and missing it. Right. Mm -hmm. And that's, if there's anything I've learned, this goes all the way back to the origin of fizzle. I mean, the very first messages that we put out inside of fizzle were this message around connecting with their, with them, understanding who they are and realizing that they're, they're trying to do something meaningful in their life, right? And you're going to give them some tools to help them accomplish their goal. Not like, not like you're trying to win them into trusting you. Yes. It's like you align yourself with their desired outcome and then you just make useful stuff for them on the way. And you get, you have to get paid for what you put in their life that's valuable. I don't know. It's a right. big distinction. And, and just back to this idea of false premise or not. I love. That so much of business is that is in that question for so many of us. When in the mm-hmm. episode just a little while ago, we were talking about money scripts. Money scripts are like one of the places you can examine. Are you going to be in your own way too much or about or like, are you sort of like seeing through, uh, uh, uh are there glasses on your face you forgot were on? <laughs> like, are there lenses that you're looking through that are distorting the way you're seeing the world and you, you don't know you have them on? Right. This is what I think comes up for a lot of people when they're putting together their sales page, coming up with their story. And I love Steph, this, this, I think it's really masterful, this spinach and a smoothie thing, because it's something every mama knows. (laughs) Every Mm -hmm. mama knows about what the result they're looking for is my kids get nourished. They get actual nutrition, right? Because if kids are left to their own devices, it is just string cheese and yogurt. That's it. That's yep. it. And that's a farty yep. kid, man. That's a lot of dairy. <laughs> okay. Yep. I like this. So number two is what people really want. And we've deep dived on there. Anything else you want to say? No, uh, the only thing I'll say that could be a whole separate rabbit hole, but just as a side note, like that whole conversation that we just had is exactly why I think like the whole fire festival thing has been so fascinating. Oh, Did you watch God. those, you guys? <laughs> yes. Yes. Uh, listen, Fizzlers, Fizzler Show listeners, you have to watch 
these documentaries. Now, I still haven't seen the Hulu one, which apparently oh, talks to, to him, which I'm excited about. But I like the, wake up in a cold sweat about that. I'm like, oh my God, Steph, this is just too much. I watched it and I was like, I was like, why is my heart racing? <laughs> I know. Racing. I, know. I felt like I had done something wrong. Do you know what yep. I mean? I was like, yep. I'm like, how much of my life am I doing the same thing this guy's doing and, and not knowing it the way that he's not knowing it. Right. right. And the so truth is, not, it's not, I'm not, not a bad guy. About, You're not doing exactly. bad. Exactly. We are not talking about fire festivaling anybody. Like there's going to be a party. People are going to show up and like their expectations are going to be met. That's just to be super clear. Like that would be the, that would be an example of what we're not doing here. <laughs> you will actually try to deliver a decent product. Exactly. I love that. I love it. It's, but it's you guys, that, that documentary, that, that story, not that documentary. It's a modern, you got to understand it's a parable. It's exactly yeah. what Jesus went around telling instead of like telling people what to do. Right. He told these stories. I'm like, hey, well, man, like it's it, the kingdom of heaven. It's like it's like this. Right. And he tells some story about this this rich dad who has two sons and one of them goes like, you know what? I'm out of here. Give me the whole inheritance now. And he goes and he spends it all on booze and hookers and like has his fun and then comes crawling back totally destitute. And the father actually takes him back. And the younger son now who stuck around and did all the work is super, super bummed about it. And Jesus is like, that's what the kingdom of heaven's like. And you're like, what, what do you mean? Yeah. Starting a business in modern age is like, uh, I don't know, it, like the, the way that this guy is going from one charisma to the next and one, con, uh, one like um, persuasion to the next, right? It's mm-hmm. all marketing and no product, right? right? It's the ultimate all group cat, program. No it's all, all, it's like, all hat, no cat. <laughs> exactly. All sizzle and no steak. Sorry. Keep going, Steph. <laughs> I know I had to take us there because it's just too perfect. Okay. So the first two, that takes us through the first two steps, which were all about the who. Okay. So now the next two are going to be about what. So once you've understood more and like really done a deep dive on who these people are, what they actually want, and really understanding that before and after transformation, we get into what. And the what is like really what the the action and the content and and the concept, you know, the, the material that these people are going to be consuming. So step three is actually building your irresistible community anchor. So in step one, we started thinking about it. So that like four part formula in terms of like the things to think about to kind of keep in the back of your mind as you're getting to know people. Now it's time to actually put that together. And so you guys listening, I'm sure have probably heard about opt-ins and lead magnets. This is along the same lines, but remember that we're elevating it because this is not only going to help people take really specific action, but it's going to tie your community together. It's like it's like a, another language that people have all like consumed the same thing and get to now talk about it together and feel like they're kind of part of a society, part of something special. And so when you're building your, your community anchor, there are these three Ps that I talk about, but I want to really just focus on the one that's most important, I think, mm. which is promise. Okay. So to me, what separates a community anchor from like a lead magnet that's just kind of there that like doesn't really convert is, is the promise really clear? So this goes back to that action. So this would be like the difference between trying to think of a good example. So, um, you know, a, a good community anchor might be something like the five steps to get your next three clients in 30 days. Okay. So something along those lines where you read that and you say, okay, like there's, it's very clear to me what I can expect if I sink my teeth into this. I know that 
it's like a take it or leave it. It's like, this is the result. You can get three clients in the next 30 days. That's the promise. Is that a result that I want? If yes, no brainer. I need to get this. It's a free piece of content. If no, then cool. Here's the door. But it's really making sure that that you're leading with that promise versus if you called that thing like, I don't know, launching your coaching business or something like that, where it's sort of like you kind of can assume what might be involved in that, but you're missing the level of specificity that makes somebody stop what they're doing and say like, oh my God, yes, I've been trying to figure out how to get my first three clients in 30 days. I have to go get that and I have to get it now. So now that you understand people, it's time to start actually creating the piece of content that's going to make them say, wow, I found somebody who's awesome, who's got great stuff to say. She got me a result. She helped me get my first three clients in 30 days. I'm going to hang around this place because this is pretty awesome. So that is step three is actually building that piece of content. Mm, mm. And say that again, this, this, I, the, I think one of the things that, that, uh, I don't know what, what helps me anchor this or ground this idea is exactly what you said. Like, what is, what's the experience in your mind that you want someone to have with this piece of material that they're going to be consuming? Mm -hmm. Yep, exactly. And I think it's also, it's, it's, it's thinking like if you were to fast forward for somebody, like what can they expect on the other side? Right. So I had someone else, I had someone who went through crickets to customers. Um, her name is Megan, Megan Chomut, and she has a, a certified financial planning business. And so she created a community anchor that was all around getting started with your first investment property and the title, I'm not going to get the whole title, right. But suffice to say that in the title, she, it was something like the first five steps to getting your first rental property off the ground. Like, you know exactly what you can expect. You know, if you are somebody who's, and this is the reason that she went with that is because in the whole world of certified financial planning, she gets a ton of questions about all kinds of money stuff. But she said the thing that kept coming up over and over again, she owns some rental property. People would be like, how do you do that? How do I do that too? How do I get started with rental income? So she listened to people, created the content, and then not only created it, but made sure that the result was truly being led with. So people know that they're going to get five steps. And by the end of those five steps, they're going to know exactly how to go out there and get started with making um, income from rental property. Mm. So I think it's really about fast forwarding to if you imagine your customer, this is kind of fun too, because like I'm assuming everybody listening, you're doing what you do because you really want to help. And so when you get to imagine where somebody's going to be, like I get super excited when I imagine people using the 15 minute planner method. And at the end of the week being like, I just got more done in this week than any week in the past six months. Like I get so excited about that. Like mm. this makes me so happy because I'm like, man, now you believe you can do it. And I just like get almost emotional about that because mm. it's like so cool. Right. And so whatever your thing is like imagining fast forwarding to that customer, having that result from this piece of content and writing you an email saying, thank you so much because of you, I got my first rental property. Like it's amazing. So think about what that you want that result to be, and then you can kind of reverse engineer that promise. Mm, I like this a lot. Okay, so we've got the, the let's let's do a little recap of the first three. It's like one your your roadmap to raving fans, right? That which consisted of like who they are, what's the transformation that you want to see them have, and what's the topic of that community anchor that we know we're going to need to create. Then yes. there's number two, which is what people really want, and this is all about pulling apart and telling the difference between what they what they right now know they want, which is always, 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 by the way, encased in their language, which is why 
why Steph's customer conversation course is so valuable because it gets you into talking with actual potential customers to hear in their own words whether they want the smoothie or the spinach. (laughs) And the truth is there is a smoothie that you can put your spinach in, in just about every market out there is what I imagine. Yes. Yes. And then number three here is the what, right? Which is really about making that, making that piece of, of, of anchor. What do we call the anchor content? Community, community anchor, the community anchor, making that thing, that, that material that they're actually going to be consuming. And so much of that, uh, you're drilling us down in on what is the promise that this Mm -hmm. is making to them? Uh, and what you're really doing, what I'm noticing in the language here, here's a couple of examples. Steph said again, the five steps to get three clients in the next 30 days, right? Or the first five steps to getting your first rental property off the ground. Now, what I don't want you to take from that is you should use the number five, right? And what I don't (laughs) want you to take from that is that you should use numbers in your thing. They can be really, well, like you notice what the title of this episode is by any chance, (laughs) right? They can be very clarifying because it feels like, oh, good, I'm going to get to go one, two, three, four, five, six, done right? I'm going to get to complete something. It's like something about it sounds like it's all, it's prepped for me, right? Um, which is, which is nice. That's one of the things that we're constantly battling with, with people on the other side of the internet is, uh, them worried that it's going to be too hard to actually change their life, right? It's going to take a lot of work. It's going to be hard. I won't have what it takes. And that's what exactly what you called attention to Steph, when you were talking about someone going through your 15 minute planner and having the experience of, oh my goodness, that was actually helpful. Maybe you literally said, maybe I actually can do this. Yep. Right. And that yep. seems like a great thing to aim for in your community anchor. Like the experience that someone has with your community anchor content is an experience of possibility for them. Right. Mm-hmm. That is transformational. Okay. So we've just got a little bit of time left for our last three. Do you think we can get them in in, the, in, in, in a, like 10 minutes, Steph? We we can because it's all downhill from here. So okay. step four, we'll this is like be... all like this is all like that. I mean, we can, heavy stuff. We could start right there and go like, dude, you've done a lot. Like <laughs> you could roll yep. over and go to sleep, never launch this product, and feel pretty good about yourself. <laughs> yeah. So what I would say about the, the in that in that vein, in these next three steps, I would say like probably, especially if you're on the earlier side of this whole journey, like let these wash over you as kind of like directional, not necessarily you're going to go out and implement tomorrow. But I think it's helpful to see like the close of the loop on where this is all heading, right? Because we talked in the beginning about how this is going to help people launch a small group program. So I want to make sure they see like, see that kind of what did you say earlier? Landing the train. We're going to land the train, yeah, land the with, train. This, <laughs> with these steps. Okay. So step four is also an extension of the what, which is called the community growth playbook. So I really love this one. And we've definitely talked about this here on the show before, which is essentially the one of the best things about having a great community anchor. Once you have that built is it gives you really big focus. So what that means is now everywhere that you show up online should point people to this anchor. Like it's literally called an anchor because it's the anchor of every, like your whole strategy. Mm. And so what that allows you to do is start to think to yourself, like, I remember this one episode we did, guys. I'm not going to remember, obviously, the number, but we talked about like asking what else, right? And continuing to ask what else, what else could I be doing instead of like what next? So mm. going deeper into like if you have a kick-ass piece of, of content with your community anchor, you can go super far 
with this one thing. I mean, I created the 15 minute planner was it like two years ago now. The thing is still going strong yeah. Yeah. and I still have tons of ideas for how I can get out to more people. So this is a big world out there. So you get to really take this content and see how far it can go. So now it's time to look at all the places that you show up online and make it all point back to the community anchor. So that looks like having a really easy landing page, you know, like CourageandClarity.com slash plan or fizzle.co slash toolkit, something that's phonetic that if you're on a podcast, you can just say it and it rolls off the tongue and people will be driving in their car and they can remember to come back to it later. And you just say it all the time, mm. having it be really obvious on your website when people land on the page, like that one clear action you want them to take is to get the community anchor using your personal network, like having it in your email signature, talking to people in real life off the computer about this community anchor, social media shortcuts, like your Twitter bio, Instagram, Facebook, everywhere you can think of on social media, pointing back to that same community anchor, getting in front of other people's audiences to talk about kind of creating like a, like a keynote, essentially, like a piece of content that can travel with you. If you're on a stage, whether that's a podcast stage or a real stage at a conference, you get to create like a workshop around this, this concept. And then also just keeping in mind the power of using something like a Facebook group. I know I've talked a lot here on the podcast about my own Facebook community and how instrumental that's been for my business. And a lot of people that I know just to have that opportunity to like pull people together and have discussion around the community anchor. Mm -hmm. So that's step four is really just asking yourself, like, how do I get as much mileage as possible out of this piece of content that I've created? Love it. Love it. Okay. Step five. Okay. Now we're getting, now we're getting into the how. So this is where we're going to start to talk about filling up your first group program. So I'll put steps five and six together because they really go hand in hand. So step five is filling up your first group program. So just to recap, at this point, you have figured out your roadmap to raving fans. You've figured out and done the research on what people actually want. And you've probably had an aha moment about what you actually need to be leading with. It might be a little bit off of where you thought it was. You've built a community anchor, which is a huge deal. And you've put a lot of focus on actually driving people to that one core piece of content. So now it's about filling up your first group program. You have all the makings of bringing in your first four to eight people that you're going to sell into a group program. So I know it's really scary. And a lot of people out there listening right now, I'm going to guess are probably like, okay, but I don't even know if a group program could work for my niche. Listen, I have had people at this point, this is my third time launching this course. I have had every market and industry under the sun. Seriously, I've had people with like businesses that teach you how to camp. Um, I've had one person who is an Egyptologist who's teaching courses or in her group program about how to you like read Egyptian hieroglyphs. Like I wow. have one woman, one woman who's teaching white people how to unlearn their racism. Like you can do this <laughs> with any topic. This is not just for coaches. This is not just for people who are trying to like, you know, help people lose weight or build a business. You can mm. do this. I have not found an industry yet that this doesn't work with. Mm. So now it's time to try to bring your first four to eight people together in a group. And my favorite way to tee this up is to do a, some kind of buzz blitz is what I call it, where it's like a five day challenge or maybe a series of webinars where you're just getting a group of people together. You're kind of like creating a little stage for yourself because once you have people paying, paying attention and you're guiding them through something, you kind of have the microphone and you can j just invite them to go deeper. So you might do a five day challenge where you're just taking them through one key action that, you know, 
gets them excited and helps them get ready to take the next step, which is being inside your group program. So it's kind of like the community anchor on steroids in that you are having like a heavy discussion-based element to it. This is going to build your community. If you're truly starting from scratch, you can find, I promise you, you can find 30 to 40 people to do a free challenge with you. You can use your personal network. You can ask people to share with friends, but your goal is to guide people through like a time-based, you know, creating some urgency kind of experience. So my favorite way to do that is with a five-day challenge or a three-day challenge to like make people pay attention right now so that at the end of that experience, when they're feeling really good and they've gotten something out of it, you can say, cool, did you like this? Then we can go deeper and continue this experience in an eight-week group group Mm. program. So that's the fifth step is to do this buzz blitz to really take the microphone and and get people's attention to kind of get enough people in like in the bucket, if you will, to make the ask and transition to filling up the group program. Mm, I like this. This is interesting as a way to like, I love the way you just said that, get them to pay attention right now. Yeah. So like, and that, that is like, that's it. It's like, you can get them to pay attention right now. You've done the work to have something actually useful and valuable for them. Right. That's mm-hmm. the whole, that's the whole thing. <laughs> like the, that's the whole thing is, is like balanced on that one point. There's the fulcrum right there. Maybe that's the word I'm looking for mm. where, whether or not you have something that's, if someone tries, they'll actually have an experience that, uh, that they go, Oh wow, this was helpful in getting me towards what I want in life. Because right. I think the customer, we do well, we, you do well to think that the customer wants to use you to get what they want. Allow yourself to be used. That's the negotiation. That's the like, that's like, a, hey, use me to get what you want. I'm good at setting boundaries. <laughs> do you know what I mean? Yep. Yep. I'm good at like putting up boundaries so you won't take too much of me. Right. But get what you want. Use me to get what you want. And I think the more you, you realize that that's what the, the, I don't even want to call it the job of business. That's just what the, like, that's like how you, it's like kind of like before there was the internet, we were, we were still doing that. When we were still like in villages, we were doing that. We were like, we were like, like hunter gatherers. We were still like operating that way, right? It's called community. And now we can have community with the entire world. You don't have to know everybody in and out to help them on their way to what they're trying to do. I don't know. Mm-hmm. I could go for a while on that, but it helps get through some of that, some of that funkiness people feel around. I don't want to charge money for this, or if I don't, I don't know if it'll be useful or valuable or not. Well, then make it so that you know it's useful and valuable, and yep. then give them a, an experience like a five day challenge or a three day challenge with one little part of that, so you get to say what Steph just said. Was this helpful for you? Did you like this? Well, then you're just going to get even more out of the eight-week group program, right? It's just, it's a really powerful way of getting them to, again, Steph's language, pay attention now so that you can actually make an ask of them and they'll actually consider it. Here's what's really cool too that I just have to mention about this, especially for our people who are just getting started. Um, when you do something like a challenge, people self-select. So pe- like mm. your most engaged leads rise to the top. These are going to be the people who comment on every post related to the challenge. They're going to reply to your emails. They're going to be reaching out to tell you about their aha moments. And you're going to keep track of who those people are. Because this is the thing that I love about group programs. You are probably going to fill your first one, not off of a freaking fancy sales page, but by personal invitation. Mm. The first group program I ever did, I had no sales page. I literally just 
PM'd people on Facebook. And I was like, hey, you've been really engaged during this challenge. I want you in this program. Here's what it's about. What do you think? Sold out the whole thing that way. Okay, and so, that's what I want. I want to like, yeah, I want a course on that. Can you tell me? How, can you just show us what you did there? This is, because I think people just in the course. People, it's in. It's in the course. Oh, good. Oh, good. It's yep. Th- that it like takes a lot of the pressure off. Like writing a sales yes. page is such a monumental thing for people. Yep. Totally. Exactly. Yeah. Within the course, if people are like, I got to have this, I have like screenshots of my personal invitations, templates, like literally copy and paste. You can just do it and it works. Mm. And the cool thing is it's worked for people in all industries. So that's the beauty of doing a buzz blitz before you try to kick off a group program. And that's what makes it work. You don't need that many people because you're just going to give personal invitations versus trying to drive crap tons of traffic to a sales page, which is Mm -hmm. just not going to work when you're just getting started. And so... That takes us to the end, which is step six. So step six is called the pillars of a simple and powerful program. And I'm just going to keep this one really simple to to wrap this up, which is I want to just quickly let people know what a group program actually is. Um, If you're like, what am I supposed to do with people in eight weeks? My advice is once you have your people, if it's four people, hey, you could do three people. That's a group, you know, eight people, something like that. You're going to keep it ridiculously simple. This is not going to be like some crazy curriculum. I have found over and over again that just getting the people together, like on Zoom or something, and having them talk through what they're going through, giving them guidance and giving them the opportunity to share their struggles with each other and just be really open about what they're going through, no matter what your topic is, that is going to take the pressure off of you to create some like, you know, crazy course curriculum or something like that. Allow people to tell you what they need help with in a group program. Mm. Essentially, these group programs are little more than getting people together in a group, checking in with them every week, having a group call where they're sharing with each other and making sure that they're all making progress. Mm. It's really all we're talking about here. So it's such a cool way to get started because you don't have to go crazy making all kinds of content outlines and shooting hours and hours of video. Maybe that's something you do down the road when you perfect your content, but this just becomes a space that you get to open up and guide people through this shared experience of just trying to get that before and after that we started with. Mm. So that's that's step six. Oh man, I love this. Okay, so Steph, you've got a, you're like a, you're launching a course right now that would mm-hmm. like, does it take people through these six steps? It takes people from feeling like they're literally talking to no one. I've had people end the program with five paid customers in a group after eight weeks. So yes, it'll take you from the beginning all the way to the end. And if you're a little bit further along, I've had people who are like working with one-on-one people, but they want to scale. This is also a great fit for people like that too. Man, amazing. And where can people find out about this, uh, this, this course that you're taking them through? crickets to customers.com and hustle y'all because the doors are only open for a couple more days and then if you're listening in the future they'll probably they'll be like a wait list page so you can pop your email in there and i'll get in touch with you when i have the doors open again but yes this is is one of the last times you're probably going to be said earlier on it's like it might be like you might be moving on from this kind of thing so this is like get in yeah, I'm n- no, I am not moving on from this because I'm obsessed with it. But this is probably the last time I'm going to be able to offer like this live round where I'm yeah. guiding people week to week it, this year, just because I'm having a baby and that's like a whole thing. Okay. So this is probably the last. <laughs> that is a whole thing. <laughs> that's probably the last live round of this year. So if you want the live guidance, that this would be the time to do it. Oh, I love it. I love it. Well, Steph, this is like so great. I mean, what a just like what a whirlwind sort of tour of not just how to launch a, a group program, but anything in particular. And all of these little places that we've kind of zoomed in, there are these just such great 
tools in the language about like a community anchor. Think about the transformation. I'm going to be thinking about spinach and smoothies all day, probably all month. <laughs> you know, it's going to probably come up again and again. It's just one of those great ways for us to be grounded again in how to be making businesses without losing our heads and building a house. Again, another Jesus quote on the shifting sand. You know, guys, there's not a lot that needs to be said that hasn't already been said before by some smart, you know, people in the past just saying just read, mm-hmm. read some old stuff i guess i don't know and now i and now i got nothing to say because we're at the end of the show corbett anything to add this was amazing uh, if people have been wondering what steph has been up to uh you just heard it yeah this is that guys <laughs> this is it <laughs> That's awesome. and, my masterpiece <laughs> yes and in addition to checking out the program over at crickets to customers.com you can also find steph on the courage and clarity podcast which is uh Wonderful. Uh, you are up to how many episodes now, Steph? 134. Wow. That's yep. incredible, Steph. And also, yep. don't forget her course is inside of Fizzle. If you haven't taken the Customer yes. Conversations course or the Goals course, which is badass, it's real good. Get in there. You can always check out Fizzle for free for five weeks at fizzle.co slash try five because you're a podcast listener. All right, y'all. That's it. Steph, thanks for being here. Thank you guys so much. This was so fun, and I hope it was helpful for everybody listening. It was. Corbett, any any closing words? You all good? I'm all good. Thanks, guys. Thank oh. you, Steph. Okay. You guys, this was episode 315 of The Fizzle Show. So that's fizzleshow.co slash 315. By the way, I just said you guys, and I meant to say y'all. But y'all, y'all. doesn't have the same kind of familiarity to me. I'm looking mm-hmm. for, if you, if you got a good, like, you know, substitution for you guys. How about use? Like, use. Use. Yeah, but then I might be like getting in, I don't know. I'm just not like Artie <laughs> Lang enough. Like I'm not New York enough to really be able to pull right. that off. You could say uh, folks. Some people say folks. Well, yeah, folks is cool hey, if folks. I'm really talking to like older folks, you know? Uh. <laughs> Right, hey, kids. I, I've literally got like a mind map on options Chicos. I could use instead of you guys. But guys is just, you know, it's literally, it literally just says guys. Yeah. <laughs> it's like it not, does. it's not inclusive. I don't like that. But but uh, you know, insert the familial and friendly somehow. Uh, <laughs> whatever substitution Inclu- inclusive for that. pronoun. <laughs> yeah. You can always go get the show notes at fizzleshow.co slash 315. You'll have notes and links there for everything we've talked about. And uh, as always, we'll see you next week on The Fizzle Show. Find care, take care, serve hard, and dig in, y'all. Bye-bye.